0: Penn State fans, the doctor is in. I'm like Lucy on the peanuts where it says, you know, psychiatric help, five cents. We're going to talk some psychology here. We're going to talk about your brain, your mind, the way you view the Penn State football program. This is the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. And did you know there will be a whole lot of people talking between December 1st and next September about Winning a national championship. Ah, Penn State's gonna have a chance to win a national championship and win a national championship and a playoff and win a national championship. And James Franklin's finally gonna get it done. And he's got a great team and he's got all this talent. Well, two weeks ago you thought James Franklin James Franklin was terrible. All right. And uh that's what we're gonna get into today, the psychology of the Penn State fan. The ups and downs. And the crazy ebbs and flows of you people. Now, I don't know that all of you would fall into this category. I do think the vast majority of Penn State fans fall in this category from a psychological standpoint. What the heck am I talking about? All right, here's what I'm talking about. You spend the offseason convincing yourself that Penn State's just as good as anybody else. They've got all this talent, and maybe this could be the year for a national championship. Then Penn State gets off to a really good start, and you convince yourself even more. This is the year. They can play with Ohio State. Ohio State's down. They could beat Michigan. Michigan's not really that great. This is the year. James Franklin's got the most talented team he's ever had. And then they look putrid against Ohio State and lose, and everybody bashes the hell out of James Franklin because he can't win any big games. But then you let your hopes get get back up again for a few weeks. Big game against Michigan, win that game, still a shot at the playoff. A lot of Penn State fans actually thought Penn State could win that game. Putrid offensive performance. And everybody hates James Franklin again and says he sucks. Some people say he should even be fired. This is the psychology of the sports fan. Now, I don't know that all fan bases go through this. uh, I'm i not familiar enough with all the rest of the fan bases, but I've covered Penn State long enough to know that a lot of you people do this. You think Penn State's better than it is. And you let your hopes get built up, thinking that this will finally be the time. And then you'll go through what I like to call the stages of grief after one of these terrible losses. And I I think on this podcast, I talked about this a few weeks ago after Michigan. I, I spent a ton of time on my daily radio show and central pa talking about this exact topic and i said after the penn state after the michigan loss that it's going to be interesting to see because that sunday and that monday and yersich is fired and 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 everybody's ripping james franklin and they can't win big games and this and that and i said give it a couple of weeks cuz they're going to beat rutgers and they're going to beat michigan state and they're going to finish 10 and 2 and then everybody's going to start feeling really good about penn state again even though they just beat rutgers and michigan state which is atrocious and has basically had basically quit on the season so what changed in the last two weeks can james franklin win a big game no can they go 10 and 2 and beat a bunch of bad teams and then iowa yes they got one good to win this year iowa so what you're going through mentally and emotionally right now as a Penn State fan, you see 42 nothing over Michigan State, dominant performance, and I'll talk about the game and uh, a lot of things that came out of the game here in the second segment. But what I'm getting at is the way a game or a series of games will change your opinion in a hurry And then you start to resolve your grief in a hurry. You go through the anger. You go through the frustration, the denial and all that. And then one of the latter stages of of grief is the acceptance part and moving on. And with Penn State fans, you accept and move on. And then all of a sudden you start to think national championship. They got a shot to win the national championship next year. They don't. They don't. They don't have a shot to win the national championship this year or next year. They don't. And you can convince yourself starting in December, oh, the schedule, you know, some of these other teams, they're losing their quarterbacks, the schedule, you know, they've got Drew Aller coming back and all this, the same Drew Aller that everybody was ripping two weeks ago because he had 70 yards passing against Michigan. Yeah, but he looked great against Michigan State. He throws a 60 yard dot to Amari Evans. Yeah, against Michigan State. And so it's funny to me the way all of you people go through these ebbs and flows. And you get so hyped up for the big game and so optimistic because it, it, sports is about eternal optimism. Everybody wants to be optimistic. And like, I'll go through the, I, I, I do this from a media standpoint. If I pick against them, like if I pick them to lose, I'll have all these Penn state fans ripping me. You hate Penn state God or this and that. Well, then they do lose. And I'll be like, well, this is exactly why they lost. Cause they weren't as good as Michigan. They weren't as good as Ohio state. And then all of you are like, okay, James Franklin stinks. The program's bad. They 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 let this opportunity go. And then a few days go by, and then they beat Rutgers. You start to feel good about yourself again. Then you have a terrific performance against Michigan State, and you start to feel national championship, national championship. And it's so comical to me the way this cycle goes year after year after year after year after year after year after year. year. Do you see what I'm getting at? Has anything fundamentally changed since the end of the Michigan game? No. Michigan's vastly superior to Penn State. Ohio State's vastly superior to Penn State. And they, you know, while they were competitive, especially defensively, against those two teams, the offense looked terrible. So what you let yourself do in college football is get your hopes built up by beating a bunch of nobodies. Hey, West Virginia's turned out to be okay. Okay, great. They're not ranked. They're, they're not a factor nationally. Hey, they beat Iowa 31 to nothing. Iowa's got the worst offense maybe in the history of the world, for God's sake. Yeah, they're 10 and two. Uh, but they set football back 70 years with their offense. So Penn State has beaten nobody except for Iowa and yet is 10 and two. Now, there's a lot to, there's a lot to be thankful for and happy about 10 and two. A lot of programs in this country that would love to be 10 and 2. Do not get me wrong here in my kind of facetious way of looking at all this comical psychological stuff and saying that Penn State's a bad football program or anything like it's not. Penn State's a really good football program, a really good football program. And James Franklin is a really good college football coach. But Penn State is not a great elite program. And James Franklin is not a great elite coach, just like he wasn't after Michigan State or after Michigan, just like he wasn't after Ohio State. But what changes in the fan base is you allow a, a, a win over Rutgers and you allow a Michigan a win over Michigan State to let to calm yourself down and you start to think, okay, bright thoughts, more positive thoughts about the future. And again, you can take a look ahead of next year. They're gonna lose a ton of players on offense and defense. They may lose Manny Diaz. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer for next year already. But this notion, and we're going to hear it from all these players all off season. I hear it all the time in the media. Uh, we're, we're, we're thinking national championship. We're, we're, and fans, national champion. This will be the year 12 team playoff. Penn State's going to get in. Drew Aller's is going to be awesome. Well, okay. Uh, the same Drew Aller that passed for 70 yards against Michigan. That, that guy is just all of a sudden going to be awesome next year. I don't know. Maybe he will. But how much of it, of it is the psychological factor that you yourself as fans, you just want it to be that way so much. And yet two weeks ago, you couldn't stand where the program was and James Franklin because they couldn't win big games. If you're mad at me for pointing all this out, all I'm pointing out is the fact that all the anger and frustration you had two weeks ago, and also after Ohio State, you should still have that anger and frustration. Just because they beat Rutgers and a horrendous Michigan State team, really, I don't I don't know that that changes a whole heck of a lot. I look at this season as a gigantic missed opportunity. Just a gigantic missed opportunity. Because of all the good players they had on both sides of the ball, they just weren't ready to play against Ohio State. That was a more winnable game than Michigan. And, and the offense was just absolutely awful in that game. And then against Michigan, Michigan's just a better team. Michigan, you know, beats Ohio State Saturday. And, you know, I think Michigan can win the whole thing. We'll see. I'll talk more about the, the playoff picture. Some crazy stuff going on here in a little bit. But, again, the the way the mind works, you always want to have something to look forward to. And sports fans want to have something to look forward to. This was the year. I I do believe that. This was the year. Kalen King will be gone next year, we think. Chop Robinson, maybe Manny Diaz. On offense, you got Olu's gone. Hunter Norzad's gone. Probably Caden Wallace, three-fifths of your offensive line. You think Theo Johnson's probably gone. Maybe Tyler Warren. The wide receiver situation is really bad. Is it going to be any better next year? I doubt it. I don't know that any of those guys are any good at all, or if they're going to be any good next year either. So this was the year. This was the year. If anything, what we saw against Michigan State with the way they got the ball to Nicholas Singleton in space and the way they did some things offensively, where was that in the two games that mattered? Where was that against Ohio State? Where was that against Michigan? So again, I'm not bashing you Penn State fans. I'm just laughing at, at really how the psychology again works. I just keep using that word. And I I, I said this two weeks ago after they lost to Michigan. I said, all you people that are angry and pissed off and furious at James Franklin and the Penn State football program right now, give it two weeks when they're 10 and two and you'll come to realization. You'll come to some acceptance factors and then you'll be starting to talk about national championship, national championship, national championship. Next year, the whole thing's just kind of comical the way the mind works. Welcome back! Penn State played on Black Friday in Detroit. I thought it was pretty cool. I, I'm not sure what all you folks thought about playing on Black Friday in an NFL stadium. What that experience was like for you? Maybe you went to the game. Most likely not. If you're watching on TV, I, I think the whole thing was was really cool. You know what else are you doing on uh, the evening of Black Friday? Most people are just kind of hanging around their house anyway, maybe with family or friends. So. Watch a, a, a cool football game. And, uh, so I, I, I liked the whole concept of it, really. I'd never been to Detroit. Um, so I enjoyed my trip out there, drove out there all day Friday and, uh, uh, love Ford Field. Just a terrific place to watch a game. Penn State played great. You know, I, I was kind of joking around in the first segment about the, the psychology and everything and what the reality is of this season. But now looking at the good news, the glass is half full kind of thing. Penn State went out Friday night and destroyed a terrible team. When you're playing a terrible team, you need to destroy a terrible team. And Michigan State's just really, really bad. Not only that, it was the last game of the season. They've had their scandal with their coach, Mel Tucker, getting fired. Those guys, they are just they were just ready to to get home and get the season over with. You could tell. And goodness gracious, Penn State just went out and clobbered them, forty-two nothing. It could have been worse. There was some kind of suspect play calling early on, with some conservative play calling, and some drives that got stalled. But uh, Penn State turns it on, thirteen to nothing at the half. Then twenty-nine straight points in the set in the second half for forty-two to nothing. How about this? Five hundred eighty-six yards of offense for Penn State, sixty-eight for Michigan State. Spartans had fifty-nine yards in the first quarter. And then only nine yards total officially the rest of the game. Just uh, another dominant performance by uh, the defense. Uh, I'll get more to that in Manny Diaz here in a moment. Uh, But really, the big story out of the game, we finally got to see the offense uh, have some explosive plays. Drew Aller had a 60-yard pass to Amari Evans. That was a a beauty, just a tremendous throw down to the one-yard line or two-yard line. Uh, Katron Allen had a 50-yard run, also a 40-yard run, 137 yards rushing. Nick Singleton had a 53-yard catch and run, 118 yards rushing. Nick also had 68 yards receiving. So between the two of them, they combined for 340 yards uh, rushing and receiving. They got them the ball. Uh, where they could do some damage. I love what they did at, at times with Singleton in the game. Put him in the slot, uh, put him at the, at the, at the wide out for the little bubble screen that goes uh, for the big gain. Where was that? Where was that all year? I mean, really, it, the, the, the good news is this worked. Explosive plays, 60 yard pass. Uh, bad news is what the hell? Seriously. I mean, where was this in games that mattered against Ohio State and Michigan? Uh, the the lack of creativity on offense in those two games compared to, say, the Maryland game and this Michigan State game. Now, Yersich was still around for Maryland. Uh He's obviously gone. J1 Sider, Ty Howe calling the plays against Michigan State. But you know, two games that really kind of stick out in terms of the offensive creativity and everything. But, but again, where, where was all of that? Obviously, Michigan and Ohio State have tremendous defenses, but just needed to see more of that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Just needed to see more all, you know, all season. So, but hey, look, it was a, it was a good way to finish the regular season. Everybody got involved. A tremendous day offensively and defensively. Those guys got to fly home and feel great about themselves, uh, and they're ten and two, and they're going to go to an outstanding bowl game. I think it's going to be the Peach Bowl. That's what a lot of people are predicting. Hopefully, it'll be a good opponent down there, not Tulane. Nobody wants to see Penn State Tulane in the in the Peach Bowl. Hopefully, it would be a good opponent. Opponent, maybe like a Missouri. That'd be a cool game, uh, but ten and two, uh, a New Year's Six bowl game, a chance to finish with a good win, like they did last year in the Rose Bowl uh over Utah and if they could go 11 and 2 and finish with a New Year's Six Bowl victory that would be you know that would be a, a really good stamp on the season maybe give them a chance for one really good victory again given that the only decent win they've gotten all year was against Iowa but uh really impressive final game so now after the game Drew Aller Nick Singleton they tell the reporters hey we're committed we're committed to staying at Penn State. That's good because here in a week or so is the opening of the transfer portal on December 4th. And, you know, there's been some speculation. Hey, you know, what if somebody comes along and offers Nick a lot of money? Is he, does he want to be a featured guy instead of just kind of splitting everything with Katron Allen? What if somebody came along and offered Drew a great opportunity? Well, hey, Drew says he's committed. Nick Singleton says he's committed. Those are two really big answers. That you know, for coming back for next year. Now, the big question really is Manny Diaz. I tell you, folks, I've always said that Joe Moorhead, the job he did in 2016, that was the best hire James Franklin's ever made. That saved James Franklin's job at Penn State, quite honestly, and helped them win the Big Ten title. Uh, The Manny Diaz hire. It has just been incredible. Just a sensational hire. Manny, I have all the respect in the world for that guy, for what he has done uh, at Penn State. I, You know, y- you hope they can, y- you say find a way to keep him, but it's really not that. It-, it basically comes down to, you know, is there going to be a job out there that Manny truly wants and would be a good fit for him? There will be job openings here. Over the coming week or so, and his name, I'm sure will get linked with some. Are they realistic jobs? Are they jobs that would be a good step for him? Now, listen, he's making about two million dollars a year. We believe nothing's ever public, but, you know, so he's not going to leave for some low level job that's paying similar or even less money. And so you got to think you know what's a really good kind of job opportunity out there for him I, you know maybe like a mississippi state or something you know in that realm and then would he take it? It, it how much does he truly just need to be a head coach right now versus hey what if penn state could pony up another million i know this sounds crazy to pay a a, a coordinator in college football 3 million what what if you know what if they could up the ante and really make things difficult for for Manny Diaz to want to leave. He's got a, a tremendous situation. There's really no pressure on Manny. You you go get a, the wrong job, and you're there for a year or two, and you get fired, just like Joe Moorhead was at Mississippi State, just like the last guy at Mississippi State, even the last two years. So uh, the biggest move last offseason was Manny sticking around Penn State. The biggest question mark this offseason season will be what happens uh, with with Manny Diaz. Now, I'm going to write a little bit more about this. I don't want to give it too much away. Uh, What's going to happen with the offensive coordinator situation? James Franklin said he's going to be interviewing some guys on Zoom over the weekend. I will throw out a name that is intriguing to me, and that is Josh Gaddis, who is at Maryland. Now, I think they can get a better offensive coordinator than Josh Gaddis. But if you look at Josh Gaddis's recruiting when he was at Penn State, he got Jahan Dotson. He got KJ Hamler. He got Justin Shorter. He got Jawan Johnson. Um I I I don't have the full list in front of me, but this issue about the wide receivers that Penn State has had, uh, certainly this year, it, 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 you know, Josh Gattis is intriguing to me. He's called plays, he's he's been at the higher levels. Uh, Alabama, Michigan, now at Maryland. Uh, is there, do I think he's a great offense coordinator? Not necessarily, not from what I saw at Michigan, really, but how much of that was Harbaugh leaning on him? How much, you know, he's got good skilled guys at Maryland. But if you could, if you could get him as a recruiter, cause that's really one of the biggest differences is Ohio State has had Brian Hartline. He's been able to get all these tremendous wide receivers there. And that's kind of the difference between these programs is is the wideout. So just throwing out that name, I'll expand on it more here uh during the week. We'll see if if a hire is made somewhat quickly. Um, but boy, that uh a very intriguing situation with the offensive and defensive coordinators coming into uh into this offseason and a big, big part of Penn State's future, immediate and long term, you know, will depend on what happens with those two situations. All right, I'm going to take a break here. We're going to dive into the craziness of the college football Saturday and how uh, the playoff implications are, that crazy Alabama game. Wow, Ohio State-Michigan, sensational game. I'll get into all that here in a moment. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the We Are podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. What a tremendous game, Ohio State versus Michigan. One-score game comes down to the wire. Ohio State had a chance to win, uh, throws the interception, and and they lose the game. Just a tough loss for Ohio State. Great win for Michigan. Now they'll play Iowa in the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, They'll win that, and they'll go on to the college football playoff. I think Michigan has a really good chance to win the whole thing. That's just a, that's just an outstanding team. Their defense is fantastic. Their running game, they can just do a lot of things. Uh, 30 24 over Ohio State. So what does this do to Ohio State, man? That is, that's really, really tough. I, I know I'm talking to Penn State fans and you may hate Ohio State. Uh, I, I kind of root for every, the teams in the Big Ten. I'd like to see Ohio State get into the playoff and have the Big Ten get two teams there. You're talking about the, the the number two team in the country goes to the number three team in the country and loses by one score in the closing seconds uh, and had a chance. You know, if if there'd been another minute in the game, uh, I think maybe Ohio State wins that game. So, what does this do um, for for the Buckeyes? So. Georgia is sitting there undefeated. They struggled with Georgia Tech. They play Alabama in the big in the SEC Championship game. If they beat Alabama. Georgia's in. If Alabama beats Georgia, now we got complete chaos. Holy cow. That Alabama finish against Auburn. I can't believe Auburn gave them that kind of game. And Alabama throws on fourth and forever a touchdown pass in the closing seconds. Just uh, just an amazing play to win a college football game. First of all, the Auburn dude muffs the punt. Alabama gets another life. It's fourth and thirty something, and, and he throws a, a tremendous pass. Dude makes a great catch in the left back and back left. The Enzo. So, Georgia's eleven and zero. Ohio State's eleven and one. Michigan's or Michigan's twelve and zero. Georgia's twelve and zero. I'm sorry. Florida State barely won. Beat Mich- or beat Florida. Had to come back. Uh, Won that game, they're twelve and zero. They'll go on to the ACC championship game. Now we got Washington barely beat Washington State uh, on a last second field goal. So we got some craziness. Washington, Michigan, Georgia, all undefeated. Now Oregon is the is the interesting one because Oregon is eleven and one. I think they're going to beat Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. It was a close game earlier. I just think Oregon's better than Washington. So then you would have Washington and Oregon both with one loss. They would have split against each other. Ohio State with one loss. What if Alabama beats Georgia? Texas has got one loss. Texas beat Alabama. I mean, complete chaos here if Georgia loses. But if Georgia wins, it'll be Georgia, Michigan, Michigan. Florida State as long as they went they lost their quarterback and they're not the same kind of team they'll play in the ACC championship game but uh you know as long as Florida State can win and they go undefeated they'll they'll be uh they'll get to the uh the playoff I believe uh, as an undefeated team but just crazy if Alabama would have lost that takes Alabama out of the equation and then if Alabama would have beaten Georgia next week maybe that takes Georgia out too Ohio State really kind of got screwed, you know. Ohio State needed Washington to lose, maybe need or or needed Florida State to lose, maybe Alabama to lose. At the end of the day, I think Ohio State is one of the four best teams in college football. Again, you lose on the road to the number three team in the country, and you know that's that's just a a really tough loss. I don't know what the committee's going to do. It's going to be fascinating. We got a lot of games that still have to play out. Washington and Oregon again. Florida State and what who they I think they have Louisville in the uh, ACC championship game and they and they could lose that without their quarterback they they could lose that game uh, Louisville's a good team they're seven one in the league ten and two so Ohio State wants Florida State to lose you know I'm trying to think this through about if Washington beats Oregon again you'd have probably Georgia Michigan Washington uh, I mean look I, it's so complicated right now. Uh, Just really kind of a a sucky day for Ohio State, losing the game and then kind of needing a little bit of help, either Washington or Florida State or Alabama losing. That all would have helped and said they all won. So uh, just nutty out there. It's wild. And I I will say this, Penn State is 11th in the college football playoff. They might stay about there. They might move up a spot or so. We'll see what happens this, this week. But Penn State's going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And for the sixth time in eight years, Penn State will have finished in the final 12 and would have made a playoff had there been a 12-team field. So how it just stinks for Penn State. I've written this. I wrote this the other day, what Penn State can be most thankful for, and that is Penn State and James Franklin are the program and the coach that will stand to benefit the most in the entire country from the playoff expanding to 12 because uh, again, they would have made it again this year. So, um, you know, hope, hopefully Penn State can get in there six, seven, eight times a decade, maybe win some games, but uh, they showed the graphic on TV. They, they've they been in the top 12, five times or whatever, since t- the 2014 never made a playoff. They were the only, every other team that had been in the top or had been in the um, top, whatever rankings, had made at least three appearances, you know, and uh, Penn State was sitting there with zero, despite finishing in the top twelve uh, all those times. Pretty wild, just a wild, wild Saturday. We'll find out uh, maybe a little bit more about the offensive coordinator stuff for Penn State in the coming days. We'll see what happens with Manny Diaz. I'll I'll continue to have a good coverage this week, tackling some questions: who who might play in the bowl game, who might opt out of the bowl game, what players uh, could end up leaving. You know, uh, with some eligibility left, I'll get into all that this week. Folks, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Some crazy stuff in college football this weekend, man. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week.